Hello, my name is Rachel and welcome to the Narrative Labyrinth. Here in this small corner of the audio internet, we delve into film, TV, literature and games with in-depth review, discussion and analysis. I'm your host, Rachel, and today I'm joined by a selection of guests ready to talk about the bury your gaze trope. So without further ado, and without killing any of them before we even get started, please welcome. Uh, hi, I'm Paige and I'm a writer for Theatre and Film. And I'm Zoe and I'm back again because I like talking about queer things. Um, so I've gathered you here today, um, not for a funeral um, of queer characters past, to discuss the bury your gaze trope, which is seen a lot in Western cinema, TV, but also in other media forms that we will cover as well. Um, so a quick kind of idea of what that is. So um, LGBTQ, or as we're going to call them, queer stories on screen, there's kind of one dominant theme that always comes through, and that's that is suffering. Queer people are here to suffer, either as criminals, hypersexual villains, tortured souls, or, you know, there's only one thing that ever unites all these characters, and that's that they are queer and they have to struggle and suffer. And a lot of the times that includes killing them off. Um, we could argue that characters are killed off all the time. It's conflict. It drives story. It's narrative. People die. That's what happens. And while that is true, the kind of the problem with the trope is why it always happens or how it happens. So Zoe, what do you think of that? Do you agree with that as a statement? Yeah, I think so. Um, obviously, it's something that has been around for a long, long time and it has come out of kind of other tropes but as a catch-all kind of definition yeah I'd agree yeah definitely like I'd like to say it's getting better and sort of like with more representation but I don't think it is I think it's just still being very much reinforced because I don't know that whole idea that like you must be really haunted or sad like you can't just exist as like a queer person you have to have some terrible tragedy or like face one or you know ultimately die I mean, are you even queer if you don't die for it? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe we're all living a lie. But I think that comes back to where the kind of trope has grown out of. Um, and it comes back to our favourite subject, which is the Hayes Code. Ultimately, the only way you could portray kind of queer people on TV was to make them the villain. They're the bad guy. They're depraved. There's something wrong with them because of the Hayes Code and, you know, the whole thing about only really showing wholesome content to be good. And by wholesome, we mean following God's rule or whatever. Um, so the only queer people we saw were the bad guys. And because they were the bad guys, they would be the defeated one and they'd generally die. So there became this whole thing about the queer characters also being the ones that died the most. And as they tried to move away from them always being the guy, bad guy and making them more um, sympathetic. Um, they then became the villain trope, not the villain trope, the victim trope instead. So they went from being your queers are your villains to your queers are the victims and they just died a lot. And that's obviously kind of where bury your gaze came from. So yeah, I would agree. Um, the Hayes Code, which was 1930 to 1968, has a lot to answer for. We either didn't see homosexuality. I mean, Hitchcock made versions of plays, you know, took a play to 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 the screen where the two characters were were a loving couple and removed that entire element. It was, you know, Oscar Wilde had to hide the fact that his characters were gay. 
So it wasn't just a case of if they're gay, they're evil. There was a mass amount of erasure. And then the ones we did see were particularly coded as villains. The kind of opposite side to that was they could engage, if they, as long as they hadn't engaged in, in sexual activity, they'd only been a little bit flouncy around the edge. They could be punished and reformed, but that obviously didn't happen a lot. Um, that kind of touches on the conversion therapy kind of ideal. You were gay, but now you're not, and now you're okay. Yeah. So when I was researching uh, this topic, I found an Australian list um, that literally kind of documents every single um, out lesbian or bisexual female character on TV since 1975. And a really good example of the effect of the Hays Code is from 1975 to 1990, there were five kind of queer women who died um and they were you know generally either kind of the the bad one or you know prisoner cell block h actually had a lot to answer for in that time period um but then from 1990 onwards you had 220 so that shows kind of the effect the haze code was still having up until 1990 on even having these characters on screen and also ultimately their death I think you can go back further than that. Um, there's The Children's Hour, which is a film in 1961, which was adapted from a play from 1934. Um, and this is kind of deemed the earliest example of this trope. Um, so the story is the two boarding school teachers, Martha and Karen, accused of having an, are accused of having a lesbian affair, which causes Martha to realise her true feelings. Um, both the film and the play are based on a real-life story, so in the story, um, Martha commits suicide because she is overcome with guilt about her lesbian feelings. But actually, in real life, they both just lost their job as teachers. So, you know, in a real world context, they lost their job. But for for a creative output for film and for theatre, one of them had to die. And suicide as well, which is like the most extreme uh, kind of way to die, you know, to kill yourself because you're tormented by your own sexuality is quite a, a a powerful dark message to send the whole subset of the trope though isn't it the kind of gay induced suicide so you commit suicide because you cannot handle your gayness or you know the negative impacts being gay has on your life drives you to suicide like there's a whole chapter about that alone which is horrendously depressing i think it also it like plays into reflection of sort of like the evolution of sort of like gay characters going from like villain to sort of like victim plays in with sort of the like social political like especially from western perspective outside of media itself because obviously media is a reflection of its environment um and just the way that like it moves with civil rights movements in terms of gay rights this whole idea of like being like sinful and demonized and then eventually having some sort of thing, but it's still being there's this negative thing. And then you find like, there's been a lot of documentaries at the minute about like older couples who've had to hide like for years and stuff like that. So now it's just tugging on sympathy, but we're still not at that point of being able to just exist and queer characters just being able to exist as they are. They still have to have some sort of edge to be on screen because it isn't deemed as just normal quote-unquote normal anyway so historically i think we're kind of saying that 
and I, I'm taking this a bit further here, queer men kind of depicted as predators um, and giving in to acts of sexual violence, either committing or being vulnerable to, and that what made them queer in the first place. But for queer women, uh, very much their murderous tendencies and sometimes hypersexuality or the complete opposite, you know, and uh, no femininity at all. But either way, they were killed. Their deaths are kind of presented as justice, either because they're predators or they're murderers or they're evil. Um, and kind of the audience is relieved these people are dead because they're no longer a problem on society. Would we kind of agree that's where we're at? Yeah. I think then it kind of moved away from kind of them being the villains um, to we started a couple of these kind of martyr uh, tropes um, and their lives ending in tragedy. Again, for the audience to be relieved, like in the children's hour, you know, they were they were martyrs because she killed herself because she couldn't cope with these feelings. She couldn't carry on with this anymore. So the only thing to do was kill herself. She wasn't a predator. She wasn't hypersexualized or murderous. But her mere queerness was a reason for people to feel the audience to feel relieved once she was dead. Yeah, and I think the move from queer as your villain to queer as the victim also aligned, as Paige said, to kind of the society outside of it. So we began to see more of the queer as the victim storylines coming out after the AIDS crisis, etc. So gay-induced suicide or homophobic hate crimes as kind of subsets of the trope, I think began to really be more prevalent in kind of the 90s, etc. as we moved out of the, the AIDS crisis, especially in the UK. And I think that ties into they were trying to make the characters more sympathetic and get the audience to kind of chime with them. They're not they're not the bad guys anymore, but they are the victim and we should be sympathetic to them because their life is hard because they're queer. And sadly, it means they die. So taking this away from kind of the social commentary that it is and kind of delving more into a, a plot narrative driven story devices. So this is you, Paige. This is your moment to shine. So I kind of uh, have narrowed it down to kind of four reasons for killing off your your queer character that isn't they're the villain and they're bad. This is more modern times, we're thinking. Um, so my four kind of answers, and tell me uh, if you kind of agree or disagree. Number one is the writers don't know what to do with this character um, and they've kind of got a happy resolution in their kind of life and that's boring, so they need to be gone. Um, no, yeah, I massively agree with that. Like, um, I have read many a script from other people that um, <laughs> clearly have never spoke to a single queer person in their life. And they they don't know because in their head, they're like, oh, well, this is this is an other. And they treat it as an other. So it's like, oh, they couldn't possibly just exist the same way that like straight people do. So they just, they don't know how to give them a conclusion or just sort of an ending. They have to, they have to be like, well, they must suffer because this is how we humanize them because how else could people relate to them? I think you see that with heterosexual characters as well. I just think you see it a lot more with queer characters. And again, yeah. from from heterosexual writers, potentially more. You're like, well, I don't know what to do. I only know about gay people coming out. Once they come out, what's there left for them to do? Time to go. Number two, uh, death for shock value. I don't know how much I'd agree as a shock value. Uh, like Again, I think most of the time, or most of the experience I've had, like either reading or seeing it on like... Um, in terms of character development is it's used as a way again to humanize the camp characters and to sympathize with them and sort of like connect the audience with them with the rest of the cast 
yeah, with the rest of the cast and with like just an audience viewing it and just sort of having that, it's like they don't feel like they can have that bridge between the other characters and between the audience connection with that whichever character dies without okay so you're 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 scrapping out my number two then you're saying death for shock value is not necessarily yeah i think the shock value doesn't necessarily apply so much okay but you think uh number three which is kind of the main uh core characters the main gang need some kind of shared trauma or motivation for the next step yeah i think personally we see that quite a lot i don't know how you feel about this zoe but this is one that i think is the one I can tick off the most as a scene trope. So I would agree with Paige in that I don't think it's purely about the shock value. What I do think it's about, which kind of ties into number one, is the pink pound. So you see it a lot in shows that have never, ever, ever had a queer character at all. And then they have a queer character kind of for a couple of episodes. One of their main cast may connect with them. There may be some flirting. There may even be kind of romance. Um, And suddenly the kind of LGBTQ audience is like, oh, hey, I can now connect with the show more of, you know, people start watching it because of that. And then, you know, they'll have it for a couple of episodes to wave the flag and say, hey, actually, we're inclusive. Hey, hey. And then the character's dead. But they can still say they were inclusive because they had the character. I don't think it's shock value so much as we've drawn them in. Yeah, Are you basically equating it to the Pride Month get your rainbow corporate logo on Twitter? Yes. Yes, I am. I would agree with that. Yeah. Okay, fine. Um, and my fourth one, which I would like to say I think is less relevant now, but kind of in my research and watching, I think it is still relevant, even if we don't intentionally know that. Um, and that's to kill them off to teach kind of a lesson or as a word of warning. So an example might be one of the first characters to die or they're just about to do something that's unwise and we kill them off anyway. So always using that kind of queer character as a lesson or a warning to everyone else. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I think you see that especially in films that have like any character, a uh, queer character that has um, has AIDS, they use that as very much as a a lot of the time a teaching lesson is like you don't know what people are going through and like just because you have this opinion of them that you shouldn't like think negative of them and now they're gone and you'll never get that back also if you don't wear a condom then you're going to die that's always like i think that's used a lot yeah like no one gets chlamydia gay people get aids yeah it's very much just that one specific like it's not and it's like they don't even just get hiv it just goes straight straight to aids yeah no no hiv no collect go no 200 pounds no nothing aids yeah it's like a hundred like one to a hundred real quick and it's always a, it's always someone has been like homophobic towards them and it's like well now they're gone and you'll never get that time back and it's like well they didn't need to die for you to stop being a bigot <laughs> <laughs> but they did page <laughs> let's start introducing some shows into this into our our continued um design so i have uh put together some like mini tropes within the trope some uh i found elsewhere some i've adapted some i've created so you've got gay guy dies first uh so often the only queer character dies very early on before any other character um always seems to get cold off in quite a violent way or shock value and it's often quite an effeminate guy not always but you know 
that very kind of stereotypical. So that's one. Uh, number two, we've spoken about a bit, that's gay-induced suicide, uh, where they commit suicide or attempt to commit suicide because they just cannot cope with being queer, either in themselves or they're being bullied. or But that moment of sadness, that suicide through their gayness. So the uh, good old-fashioned homophobic hate crime. So when a character is attacked, um, often murdered uh, by homophobic characters, kind of a classic um cut and shut case here people that hate queers murder queers so i think there's kind of an addendum to that so if they are a male character then yes it's a homophobic hate crime if they are a woman then nine times out of ten what we might see classed as the homophobic hate crime tends to be their new love interests ex-boyfriend like the man cannot cope with the fact that their girlfriend or you know wife or whatever is now a lesbian and is dating women and then because bisexuality doesn't exist no it goes from you're either straight or gay there's no in between you can't like have that choice Mm, shit yep um but you know if you go through and i was looking through the list and the amount of times it was is killed by her ex-lover he shoots her and also, a lot of the time, it is shoots. But, yeah. Okay, I will accept your kind of amendment to that. Uh, moving on, so you've got out of the closet, into the fire. So, after a character comes out, they're very quickly killed, harmed, or, like, punished for that. Sometimes that kind of ties in with a homophobic hate crime. But basically, congratulations, you're out the closet, pink rainbows. Uh, now you're I dead. would, like, add a point to that as well, is being forced out of the closet and then that leading them to them being killed because of that. So it not being them ch- their choice to be out. Oh, yeah, I hadn't thought of that. That's This is very depressing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so, uh, next one, uh, better a virgin than a queer. Um, so a character dies before they take part in any homosexual act, like literally just before or when they're thinking of or as soon as they start dating. So it's fine that they're homosexual, until they go to kind of act on it in any way, and then they must I die. I don't have an adem- amendment to that, but can I tell you my favourite example? Because it makes me giggle every time. Sure, tell us about when a gay person dies and it makes you giggle. <laughs> okay, so did you ever watch like the new version of Teen Wolf? No. Okay, so yes, the, yeah, so Emily. So there's the lovely little kind of lesbian wannabe Emily, and you know she gets her first girlfriend, and they go to the woods, I think, camping, and you know they're gonna do the sexy lesbian fun time for the first time. Um, camping, yeah, camping. I, I mean, there's a whole conversation to be had there, darlings. But okay, um, and she gets abducted by some cockroaches and tied to a tree. <laughs> no, it gets better. Tied to a tree, and then I think it was beheaded or something because there was this druidess, like this ancient druidess, who was trying to get her power back and stop the evil Ulfric werewolf guy. And the only way she could do that was to kill virgins. And I'm like, wow, way to take your <laughs> your trope and just make it the most extra. <laughs> so uh, just before they, so, so they, that is better a yes, virgin yeah, than a queer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just, you know, damn. Um, next one, tragic 
I've put in brackets AIDS, tragic AIDS story. So it involves like um, HIV or AIDS, or often a gay man. Uh, sometimes like treated, and as I said, we, as we've said before, like a, it's a, it's a punishment for homosexuality, isn't it? Like you're sick, it's because you're gay. Yep. So last one I've got is Vasquez uh, dies first, uh, where there are two women, and it always has to be the least um, stereotypically feminine one has to die first. So some people might say the more butch one. So that's probably going to be the one with the short hair, the plaid shirt, um, jeans and trainers is, I guess, where that kind of is. Yeah, it's really prevalent in action films. Like if you look at Starship Troopers, um, if you look at, yeah, any kind of action movie, um if there is two women um the the least traditionally feminine one will die first because she'll be no good love interest for the exactly so even though theoretically because it's an action movie she should do better she will always die first okay so they're my they're my subcategories um does anyone have any uh kind of we'll start with tv anyone got any tv examples that they want to give other than our fantastic Team Wolf one that we just, just had. remembered one as we were talking. So I don't, I can't remember whether they were explicitly labelled as a couple, but I think they were. No, yeah, they definitely were later. So it's one of the female doctors was like completely portrayed as straight. Uh, this is on Grey's Anatomy. I don't know if I said that or not. Um, but completely portrayed as straight up until the point. I think it wasn't revealed till after she had a child and named the child after her, what was then later revealed to be her ex-girlfriend who died. But like, that was the only, only, and she's only dated male characters on the show and like continuous storyline only dates male characters. The only hint we get at like her, any sort of queerness was she named her, her daughter after her dead ex-girlfriend. And that's the only introduction to that, that other queer character is that she died and then okay. she named okay. the baby after her dead girlfriend. Ah, that's a that's a subset of the trope we're missing. Tragic queer backstory club. Yeah. Okay, you can also have tragic queer backstory you. if you like. Um, so I've got a couple of shows I want to particularly uh, kind of touch on. Um, they are The Walking Dead, The Handmaiden's Tale, and Game of Thrones. Okay. Can I add Supernatural to your list? Because damn, that show was terrible to its quiz and women generally but you know yeah is there, is there any particularly that you you want to uh to bring up page i'll let you know if they pop into my head page i'll have one for you that will depress you when you start thinking about it which is american horror story oh uh asylum american horror story is really really bad to its queer characters considering it's an anthology and considering series the main lead writer and like producer is queer yeah, especially mm. queer women. Oh, Glee. Oh, dear. I don't think we should touch Glee. Um, obviously the the ones that obviously go without saying is Buffy, Xena, the One Hundred. I think we all know the story of what happened uh, in the One Hundred. Uh, was it Lexi? Yeah. The second after uh saying how much she loved, uh, proclaiming her love for I don't know the other female character's name, but literally they both were like, "Yes, I like you. Yes, I like you," and she got shot then and there done and actually had a massive twitter backlash and a lot of fan backlash as well that this thing had been building for seasons and seasons and as soon as it happened it was done so uh, i would say out of the closet into the fire yep yeah or better a virgin than a queer 
Yeah, out of the closet into the back, but yeah. Um, so um, The Handmaiden's Tale um, obviously is not about treating, treating women well, but a much higher proportion of their queer women have horrible fates than their straight women. In well, that mainly show. because their queer women all basically get castrated. Which is... Yeah. Uh, but even ones that are kind of not openly queer, we, like through backstory, you know they're queer, but they're not queer in the show itself. Like in the, in the canon that you see. Uh, but a much higher proportion of the women who are queer die, and die horribly. Actually, they get castrated, they get sent to toxic farms where they get radiation poisoning and like just the way that it's particularly nasty the way they choose to kill their queer queer oh, women it's extremely brutal the way that they go about it and i don't feel it has any purpose no i don't think it necessarily adds that much to the plot enough to sort of justify how bad it is next one is the walking dead um who kills off every gay character oh yeah they get really yeah. like happy with that don't they they really do they do, and a show that um, was, you know, once deemed that no one is safe very much felt like you're doubly not safe if you're queer. Um, Which I'm sorry, in a zombie apocalypse, or any sort of apocalypse, like, queer people aren't reproducing. We're kind of the ones you want because we're not taking off extra supplies with the babies. So I think this is a an interesting point um, that, again, when I was thinking about this trope earlier, so you can make the argument that, you know, queer people have as much right to die as everybody else because anybody can die, especially in action or horror or whatever. Um, and I think it comes down to kind of proportionality almost. So if you go with one in four people are likely at some point in their life to, to be queer of whatever flavour, which was the stat... Is this real life people or TV people? Because TV people, I think it's a lot well, less. Real life people. <laughs> um, I sent this stat my English teacher at secondary school gave out, whether it's true or not. Eh. But, you know, if we stick with one in four, so a quarter of the population at some point are going to be within the kind of the rainbow spectrum. And, but if you then look at deaths in show and, you know, worked out the proportions of it, you're probably talking more like a third or a half more likely to die than the straight characters. And I think yeah. that's why it, it's a problem. And, you know, especially where shows have got one queer character and you can say, well, anybody can die, anybody can die. Yes, but if you kill off the one queer character, that was our one person representing us. You've still got 19 other people. You've taken our one. And we should have well, had more than one. I think for... The Walking Dead in particular. Um, so the way that other deaths, like quote unquote straight deaths happened, it would be they had the relationship and then it was like towards the relationship, as they were settled in the relationship, that's when they died and that's why it was heartbreaking. But with the queer characters, it would be like they're just about to start a relationship and then they die. So they, they don't get to have that. It's heartbreaking because they never got to have it. It's not heartbreaking because they had so it. So better a virgin than yeah, a queer. Yeah, so it's into that. Oh, I think that's really true, I also think... actually. If you think about a lot of the deaths, they might tell us they're queer. And we may have known they're queer for ages, but it's the point where they're just about to start a relationship that they they die. They never get to the true steady state. 
it's always while it's in the new honeymoon phase that a queer character dies because that's when it's more traumatic and because the showrunners don't know how to write uh, a happy queer couple 30 years in. Um, But you're right with straight couples predominantly, it's when they've reached the kind of happy, blissful, steady state, that's when they die because that will tug at the heartstrings more. I hadn't really thought about that. That's even more depressing. I think my final point on The Walking Dead is that um, they switch straight characters for queer characters and kill them off. There's a couple of deaths which are very clearly uh, or were very specifically for other characters in the comics, but they switched it to queer characters in the TV show. Yeah. The last one I want to talk about in detail from, from TV, and this is just my list, I'm very aware, is Game of Thrones. Because holy fuck, Game of Thrones treats its queer characters in the most horrendous way like possible. There is no there is nothing good for their queer Are characters. Are there female characters ever? Like... Yeah, I know, but I mean that's a different podcast. Um so if you think of Yara Greyjoy was queer. Um, beaten to death well nearly beaten to death um, raped a bit and then kind of yeah ditched so whatever um, I'm not including Brienne of Tarth because as far as we're aware she was straight just yeah, yeah. Uh, not including Arya Stark because again there's no hint in any direction uh, Daenerys who was bisexual she had relationships with men and women uh, predominantly prostitutes though don't worry no like romantic relationships same with Yara there was no romantic uh, relationships happening it was all with prostitutes were um, there any romantic queer just... relationships in Game of Thrones queer characters had romantic relationships but it wasn't a queer I, relationship like, I can't remember any romantic but they had more explicitly sexual relationships but Game of Thrones had that horrible thing of using especially like sexual encounters or sexual assault as a development for female characters and that was the only thing they knew how to do yeah. yeah. So Daenerys, bisexual, obviously, uh, dies. Oberyn Martell, bisexual, uh, dies. Still not over it. Still not over uh, it. Renly Baratheon dies. And these deaths are horrible. Cersei's, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Daenerys is maybe the least horrible, but Oberyn's is awful. He dies in a fighting bit, having his eyes gouged out. Renly Baratheon's killed it like that, that horrible shadow that murders oh, him. What, uh, Renly's boyfriend also murdered um i'm not including hodor or um lord uh varus because although some people say they were on the queer spectrum there is no hint in any direction the queen of dawn alaria sands yeah oh yeah uh see again sex with women but only prostitutes uh dies yeah there's no happiness for any queer characters in that show i mean there's no happiness for anyone in that show full stop but but the que- like, there is no queer character that survives. No openly queer character, when we are introduced to them, survives the end, except Yara. However, beaten, tortured. But again, I don't think that raped. falls more into the queer thing. For that, again, I think that falls more into the just the way they treat the female characters in that show. I don't know. Their queer male characters didn't do any better. No, but I'm just talking about Yara specifically. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. I think regardless of her being queer, she still would have been treated that way because she was a female character. But yeah, Game of Thrones was, there is no queer couple by the end. There's queer couples at the start or people that are in a couple who are queer and they are all dead by the end. Yeah. Yeah. 
I know, again, everyone dies in Games of Thrones, blah, blah, blah. But they don't. No, like, many people make it to the end, some of whom maybe shouldn't have. Is there any other shows anyone would like to touch upon? Yeah, so the two I had on my hit list, um, so Supernatural, although ironically it suffers a bit of the same problem as Game of Thrones. Is it because they're queer or is it because they were women? Uh, Supernatural did not treat its women well. And if those women were queer, oh boy, you're dead. You're just dead. Um, It just really did not do well. But like Charlie, who, you know, Felicia Day, man. Uh, Lily, Jenna, I'm sure there's a load more I'm forgetting the names of, but those three jumped out into my head, especially Charlie, because I love Charlie. Um, And the other one that I didn't think of until I was kind of looking for some examples, and then I was like, oh man, True Blood. True Blood is awful. True Blood is terrible to its queer characters. Again, like if you can be a vampire, but you can't be gay. Yeah. Like Lafayette, Tara, Nan, Nora, like Queen Sophie, the, like all the queer characters, they died, they died, they died a lot. Add Orange is the New Black. I don't think that their treatment of some of their queer characters was stellar. Again, their queer characters died quite horrifically. Poussey obviously was crushed oh, was to death. Like honestly, one of the most brutal like on-screen deaths. And I'm not even a huge fan of the show. Another character was beaten to death after having her face disfigured and getting infected. The the queer correctional officer, he was tortured and killed. And he was a villain as well. So I always think when they did that, they thought they were like being all like, ooh, but he's also gay. So he's not homophobic. He's just an asshole. But actually, I, that didn't work at all to me. That just felt like they were going back to the queer as I the villain trope. I think as well trope. with Piper, who was supposed to be like like the main show running character and bisexual because constantly flipping between she was either straight or she was gay like depending on which other character she was currently with it was never a spectrum it was always she was one or the other oh yeah the bisexuality doesn't exist in orange is a new black you're gay or you're straight so slightly controversial point and i never watched orange is the new black the whole way through um it's crap so don't bother but with kind of bury your gays um, obviously, if the point is about its proportionality, yada, 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 yada. With things like female prison shows, is the trope still valid? Or where it's kind of a heavily queer cast? Because I was looking for some examples and I found a few lists. And it had things like Dana from The L Word or, you know, one of the... Oh, that's garbage. Yeah, one of the characters from Queer as Folk. And I was like, okay, but they are queer shows. you if they have death, then that's not bury your gaze. That's just, you know, people die. Um, and the same with things like kind of prisoner cell block H. Like that came up on the list a few times of, of you know, uh, queer women dying. And I'm like, yeah, but it's a it's a, it's a women's prison show. So they're gonna. And, you know, statistically in prison, quite a few of those women are going to either be queer or, you know, having a passing acquaintance with, theoretically. Um, so is that barrier gaze? But I take I th- the example with Orange the New Black is that they were quite horrific and were they more horrific than what the deaths of any straight characters? In terms of per se, definitely. I think with like queer shows, shows that are explicitly queer or have uh, like higher proportion of queer characters in, I think it's the setup to the death for me. That's what adds it into the barrier gaze is how 
the build up to the death is and again it falls into that line of them dying before a relationship starts or before like or just after they've come out or just after they've sort of accepted that or something that has to be the crescendo that's so their death is surrounded by a moment of them being explicitly queer and that's where the heartbreak comes in is they died because of this queer related thing that makes sense yeah and i would say orange is a new black definitely falls into that section Um, okay, I have uh, two more shows that I want to mention on this list. Uh, one is because it infuriated me really recently, and that's Killing Eve. Yeah, I read about that on the Twitters. I, on the Twitters, I did, did you? Because I've never watched it, and I was like, I'll watch it when it finishes because everybody's been telling me I should because there's this obviously really strong kind of queer romance arc building up all the way through. And then I saw the internet explode and went, oh, I guess I'm not watching that then. So spoilers for um, Killing Eve, but it has finished. It's finished quite a while now, so tough. Um, Paige, have you seen Killing Eve or not? I have seen the first season. Okay, well, you know they do four seasons between the villain and the lead character, like a will they, won't they? They have a few kisses, but it's not. It's it's anger rather than passion or love. Um, it gets all the way to the end. The end, they get together, they're happy, oh, and then they get shot. And the reason the showrunner is given is they intentionally killed her off. They This was a decision um, because she had reformed. So a villain turned good and then was but murdered. But literally just after they admitted that they were actually into each other and had the like proper kissy-kissy, not angry kissy-kissy. Yeah, they were, they were like dating or whatever, but yeah. So I think it's really sad that Killing Eve kind of... And Killing Eve killed off a lot of its other queer characters as well, which we definitely shouldn't forget about um, over time, particularly their queer women With all met pretty crap Killing deaths. Eve, though, thinking about the individual characters' arcs, because obviously one was detective and one was a assassin, I don't actually know how else they would have ended that because I think one of them always had to die because there's no way that relationship can work. And I don't know how much of that is rooted in queerness or just the fact that people wanted them to be queer. I don't know whether that is more about the actual character's arc itself and less about their queerness. For me, anyway. Well, I agree with a lot of that. It's the fact that, uh, it's again, it's it's the same with the Orange is the New Black. It's the point in which they, they killed. They were walking hand in hand in the forest. They were happy. One got shot. Yeah. Um, uh, my final show uh, to add to this is Doctor Who. I mean, Doctor Who, I know why you've brought this up, uh, but Doctor Who generally, actually, upon reflection, isn't great. Um, like Torchwood, which should have been, because, you know, Barrowman, um, really suffered. I mean, John Barrowman's murdered repeatedly. Yes. The advantage he's got is he can't die, but that doesn't stop them. They still kill him. And at some points, he literally gets buried. <laughs> the, the advantage is, oh, it's okay. He can survive with all this trauma of being murdered. But also Yanto and Tosh and, you know, yeah. yeah. Uh, so Torchwood was was bad. Uh, and Doctor Who, Billy, which was just really sad. And Oh, Billy found a girlfriend and then got turned into sentient yeah. oil. Yeah. Like, that sucked. I just hate when that happens. <laughs> It's yeah, such a bummer. But yeah, they had like a good companion one season. She was queer. She was openly queer from the start, but it's okay. We've killed her by the end. She was a one season companion. And actually the most recent thing you've done with the 13th Doctor and Yaz, they've kind of built up this queer relationship. Where, but, but the Doctor's been like, no, I can't be in a relationship with you because for I am the Doctor and I cannot be in a relationship. Fucking yeah. where was that when you were shagging like, Rose? Has that stopped any like, of the other Doctors? My God. 
Well, it stopped Jodie Whittaker's doctor. <sighs> but it does appear in the regenerate. Well, the final word they mention in the regeneration is their companion slash lover. And I'm just like, is the doctor regenerating a bury your gaze trope? Well, I think it is if they never actually get to act on the romance. They have not yet kissed. There is one final episode. The, the final episode with this doctor uh, is in the autumn. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, so they've been building it up and building it up and saying, you know, it's it's inclusive, it's queer, it's great. Um, but they've never actually got there. Um, and we all know that, you know, Jody's on Jody's leaving and he's gonna regenerate. So unless they're gonna try and cram all of like a lifetime of queer romance into one episode, the chances are it never happens and you know, the doctor dies and regenerates before they get to do anything. So, you know, better a virgin than queer. Um, or they're going to hand wave it and say, oh, like 30 years has passed or something since the last episode. The doctor and Yaz have had this lovely, happy, fulfilling life off screen. Uh, and now they're going to die, but you're not going to get to see it. So queer backstory club. My last one. I know I said that <laughs> this time, but my actual last one, because it's hilarious. It almost, almost comes up against your cockroach beheading incident. Uh, this is the long-running soap opera Coronation oh, Street. I already know what you're going to say. It's the fan favourite couple, Kate and Rana. In March 2019, uh, they, they buried one of this couple in a collapsed building on her wedding day in her wedding dress. So better a virgin than I a queer. I would also like to add, just an added depth with that, they also managed to kill the... Um, a woman of colour in that relationship as well. So it wasn't even just bury your gaze. It's, we're going to bury the non-white one of this couple. Oh. I mean, we could say this for a lot of characters on oh, this yeah, list. Oh, yeah, massively. Um, like, as, it seems there's to... three white people. I feel we are not necessarily in the best place to, to comment. But uh, definitely a lot of these characters are also POC as yeah, well as queer. Yeah, heavy influence Don't worry. the less dead that like, bleeds throughout media. Yeah, like I would say that's definitely a, a sub sect of the trope but depressingly probably a really large subsect is if you're gonna kill one of your queers it's not gonna be the white one yeah or the femme one yeah so leaving tv um let's brush through film i can only really think of a couple of examples that really hit it out for me i think it's more common in television i mean other than resident evil with the whole vasquez must die first yeah, um, but my examples are um, Executive Suite, which is from 1976, um, where Julie, bless her, she gets hit by a car because her love interest has just walked into traffic after realising her lesbianism and she was chasing her. So, which on our fine list is that? Uh, ooh. I'm almost going for gayness-induced suicide Yeah. Here. Or out the closet into the fire. I mean, you can just look at any of horror movies, um, like Scary Movie, where like the queer must die first. Um, I've kind of left horror story, uh, horror movies off because I can't be asked because there's so many. Um, I've gone for some uh, four weddings and a funeral. Oh, where Simon Callow. But the funeral is a is is an AIDS funeral. Yeah, like there's four weddings. Don't worry, but that one funeral, that's the queers. Yeah, like I'm trying to think of films and like I'm like Philadelphia, Dallas Buyers Club, Prayers for Bobby, Milk. 
like um but there are i and like films you wouldn't expect it from so the best exotic marigold hotel uh uh, a man dies immediately after he locates his long lost lover. Oh, oh! I'd forgotten that storyline, and it still makes me really sad. Just unnecessary, isn't it? Like, <laughs> I mean, Richard Curtis has a bad track record because four weddings and funeral. But then he cut out uh, the queer story from Love Actually completely. Yeah, and says some pretty homophobic things in Bridget Jones, uh, Atomic Blonde. Uh, where the character enters into a same-sex relationship, but then is brutally choked to death. Mm, yeah. Um, but the lesbian dies, the bisexual woman lives. So, Well, that's because she can be reformed and go back to men. Yeah, that's just, she'll just become straight. There's, there's no bisexuals on TV or in film. <laughs> okay. Um, anyone else got any films they want to add? As I said, I think this is more more commonly seen or more recognisable in TV than it I is in film. I think films are a much sort of shorter format. Usually, if you see queer characters, they're specifically in queer storylines, so you only see them, and and like their ho- their whole storyline tends to be around their struggle or their death, and that's what the entire film is about. They're never yeah. just there existing. Why? Why do queer characters have to suffer? Because creators still either struggle to know what to do with them so you know suffering is universal it's a really obvious way to go much easier to understand somebody suffering than them being happy perversely um or because they're trying to appeal to mass media and there's still lots of folks who are not okay with queer people so if you can have a queer character in it you're getting the lgbtq crowd to be happy because hey inclusive there's a queer character uh and then if you make them suffer and die then the homophobes can be happy to to win win for everybody except obviously the queer people who you're killing i think there's definitely like still that mass amount of otherness when in the way that queer characters are treated especially from like a writing perspective is because most like major studios still are predominantly straight like the and the writing rooms are and there isn't that soundboard so when they're coming to write them they're writing them as this very much this other subsect that we don't know what to do with because they couldn't possibly just be written the same way that like straight characters are so it's it's a mixture of like not knowing what to do with them and not bothering to find out see i think we also get the opposite we also get the queer characters written completely as straight characters uh where one has to be more effeminate and one has to be more masculine um I think that's the other side to a, a, a less diverse writer's room that, that we suffer with is they may not die, but oh boy, are they going to be very stereotypical. This just actually reminded me of my favourite, favourite, and by favourite I mean like the most laughable thing that happens. And the easiest way to tell whether um, the writers are queer or not is when a queer character only has straight friends. I don't know a single queer person that has all straight friends. Surely we all tokenly have one straight friend, isn't that? Yeah, but the way we don't. Like, like, there's never just one queer person, and like, <laughs> like, and maybe as teenagers and stuff, yes. But like, as an adult, once you found your own community, so do we think bury your gaze is a trope we are seeing more at the moment? I mean, in the first half of 2015, which I appreciate was was some years ago now, they killed off 50 queer characters in a buries your gay trope bonanza 
just in American shows alone. Like 50, that's that's several a month. That's like... I think what's kind of happened is it's gone from queer characters being the villains to them being killed off for sympathy to now them realising that, oh, we can't just kill every single one off for sympathy and that, like, the whole, like, AIDS storyline doesn't work for every character now. So they can't just keep rehashing that. So now they've just sort of gone back to, well, we just won't put them in because we can't kill them off anymore and we can't make them the villain. So sadly, they've just gone from villain, victim, non-existent. See, I would say we are seeing it more, but we're seeing it more because more shows are trying to have a token gay, but then they don't know what to do with them. So they end up killing them. If you are watching a show and they kill off their queer character, does that put you off? It depends why they were killed off. I, again, it's the build up to the death. Random killing. Need a virgin to sacrifice. <laughs> you go back to the cockroaches. Um. <laughs> I am. <coughs> it will put me off if they were the only queer character there to begin with. So if we're given one. Well, what about if they're. Okay, okay, so more example. What if their partner is still there to grieve? So they're a new queer couple. One of them dies. One of them's still there. Mm -mm. If if it made sense in terms of the actual story arc that that specific person had to die, fine. But if they've if they didn't, if it could have been literally anyone, I'd be a bit like, hmm, could have made a different choice here. Okay, so I will give a, a more uh, an example. Imagine this show is made today, okay? So there are the three lead characters from the original season. We're like four or five seasons in. One of them starts to have queer feelings of relationship I mean... with a new <laughs> character that comes in. So you're in. basically saying, imagine Buffy was made today. <laughs> yeah, I, that's what I mean. That, but I didn't want to say Buffy. But imagine, imagine Joss Whedon wasn't a massive bin fire, um, and we didn't all know about it. And yeah, if Buffy was made today, would you stop watching when they killed Tara? Uh, so, because I would. Like, she didn't need to die. There was no point to her dying. So, no, I disagree. It with was that. like almost in that. Depending on how they'd gone forward that story gone forward with that storyline i'd have been okay so if they were killing tara to put willow on her dark downward spiral and if they were going to do something to make a queer person the villain uh, yeah okay yeah. but if they were going to do something interesting with that plot i'd have gone along for the ride but they got xander to heal it with hugs and you know they just wasted it um so that was sad and disappointing but a show like Buffy, with the size of the cast it had, it shouldn't have just been one queer couple. It goes back to the realism of, is there really only one queer in your friendship group? Honestly. Like, they got all those additional slayers, and there was really one extra queer? Like, Kennedy was the only one? Doubtful. Unfortunately, she paired up with the then not evil, because she was healed by a straight man. Yeah. Other lesbian. Yeah. So, you know, if they made that again today, depending on how the plot went, I would allow it. You know, Tara and Willow had been an established relationship for a little while, not long, but a little while. Um, and, you know, them 
killing Tara. It hurt, but it felt at the time like there was plot reasons behind it. The fact that they completely wasted the plot. I've never seen Buffy, so I don't have an opinion. Hang on. How have we been friends for years and you're just revealing that you've never seen Buffy? Okay, but same question. So there's a character oh. who's now gay. It's four, se- four five seasons in. Uh, well, up until five seasons, they didn't have a relationship for a woman for like half a season. So back half of season five, start of season six, they're with a woman. And then out of completely nowhere, her girlfriend is murdered in front of her. It's just done for that reason. And like it's just done to tug at heartstrings. It's not necessarily driven the plot anywhere and didn't really add any depth to that character or the character's like upcoming arc then I'd be like yeah I'm not really feeling this anymore because there was no point to it again I think it's like it just depends on the plot and the way it's driven but if it's done completely randomly and it could have been any character that they killed off and they've just done it to sort of tug at the heartstrings of like oh no they've just almost could have had this and now they're dead so they can't then I don't think I would continue watching Do you see the bury your gaze trope in books as much? I would say you see it in comics, but do you see it in books? Oh, it's really prevalent in comics, but then a lot of comics influence, uh, like, feed into our current pop culture. So um, I think I see it less in books, but maybe I'm just more selective about what you read. I I know I I have a book that I have seen it in, which made me sad because apart from like that i really love the book and a lot of people do die so i hadn't really considered it but i suppose it would fit into that sort of trope but um yeah i think the books i read predominantly are very like the writers are predominantly like female or queer like so it tends to happen less than the ones i'm reading but that's possibly selective on which authors i want to engage with i would say if you go for the <clears throat> outing, your reading preferences here, Zoe, the kind of paranormal romancey type books, especially the ones that were really prevalent in like the the noughties, etc. I think it was probably there a bit. Like you didn't really have many queer characters; it was all very kind of cis het sex. Yeah. Um, but where it was, um. I think you'd have seen it a bit. But I think with books nowadays, there are so many more kind of editors and publishing houses available that are beginning to pick up queer literature. Um, So actually, if you want queer folks in your literature, you can just get books written by queer people, published by queer people. Yeah, yeah. I would say there's a lot more tragic story um, and out of the closet into the fire. But I guess, yeah, that depends what kind of books you read. Mm. I try not to read too many sad books. Like, I don't need it in my oh, life. No, I read, like, really brutal, really emotionally damaging books because, I, I don't know, I hate myself. But they're never really around, like... Their deaths aren't related to their queerness. Like, they might be queer, but that's not the reason they've died. I mainly mm. work, read queer young adult books because that's what my brain can cope with after work. Or I read trashy romance and no one really dies in them. They just have very dramatic lives. Yes. <laughs> dramatic. Um, 
so we don't think we're seeing any more of it, but we certainly don't think the trope is going away. Do we think this trope can evolve anywhere? Like, obviously, uh, in its original kind of state, it was gay and suicide, and then we kind of moved into tragic story and homophobic hate crimes and gay guy dies first, and now we've kind of got more... Uh, better a virgin than a queer and more kind of out the closet into the fire kind of I stuff. I think the evolution will be um, death after happiness or death during happiness. So moving it to that point where they've, they're established and they're happy in their lives and then like then they die I don't know, just after their wedding day or just after their like child's born. Like, so the same way that like usually like straight characters tend to die in big events but their well-established relationships first so i think that's the evolution is them dying after their relationship has been established yeah i think that's it i think the what we want to see in the future is it's a weird sentence i'm about to say but it makes sense in this context hopefully we want to see the queer deaths happening in the same way as the straight deaths like no more no less yeah actual representation So are we wanting equality? Yes. Is that what you're saying? The, the the aim here is for equality. Yeah, everyone yeah. dies at the same time. Not. That's a different film. <laughs> Just complete <laughs> annihilation for all. <laughs> I mean, I do like my apocalypse drama, but... Uh... <laughs> I mean, it's it's fine if they everyone lives too, I guess. But, you know, yeah. they've got to go all together. That's interesting. <laughs> so... How do we move beyond the suffering? How do we move beyond, I say, gay, uh, queer people dying for the point of suffering? I think it... Obviously, death involves suffering, but how do we move beyond it being a point of suffering? I think it comes down to actually having more representation in the writer's room. Yeah. So, you know, if you have a writer's room that's actually representative of, you know, the population, then hopefully the characters you see... Obviously, it's TV and it's always, if it's a drama, played for the drama, etc. But taking that in line, recognising that, you know, queer people can be happy or they can have a long relationship that has the same marriage troubles, etc. as straight people. Um, and, you know, if somebody's got to die, making sure the person's dying for plot, not because picking the queer is the easiest way to get rid of that pesky gay character you don't know what to do with. They're not dying because they're queer. They're dying because it's time for their character to go. So being character-driven rather than plot-driven. Yeah, definitely. Like Zoe said, I think it starts from representation behind the scenes is a massive part of it. Like having people that know how to write those characters and having characters that don't come out I think is going to be moving past this whole coming out genre I think that that genre needs to die because characters should just be able to exist as queer from the get-go it shouldn't have to be explicitly pointed out or like nobody sits there and like by the way I'm straight or like there's no storyline revealing their straightness so I think that needs to happen as well first I think queer people need to be able to exist as queer without the context of having to come out explicitly as queer, they can just exist as queer. 
do you think that's a very heterosexual way of viewing queerness? The bit that makes a heterosexual person and a queer person different is a queer person has to tell you that they love someone yeah, who is not. Yeah, there has to be a moment of... 100% of... The- by the way, this is something different than... the. So do you think it's because, again, maybe there's a lack of diversity in the writing space or in the production space that straight creators or heterosexual creators only really the only bit they see as queer is that moment of coming out yeah maybe so I was having this conversation a bit uh at work um working on a healthcare related thing um and we were discussing this a bit about the fact I know it wasn't it was actually talking about recruitment um and you know, we have all of this guidance to say, you know, how to deal with, uh, you know, work issues if, you know, a staff member's coming out, etc. And I said, look, let's be honest, it's complete bull. Because as a queer person, you're constantly coming out. You don't come out once. You come out every time you meet somebody new. You come out every time you start working with a new client. You cut, you're like, coming out is a continuous thing because straight people assume everybody is straight. So queer people have to tell you they're not because you have decided that straight is normal and that's the default option. So until we move to a world where the default option is assuming you don't know and treating everybody the same because really it's none of your damn business unless they choose to tell you, um, then you are creating a world where queer people have to come out because they have to tell you they're different to your view of normal. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of kind of TV and and film comes from. You know, straight creators, as you say, their view of the world is everybody is straight until they tell you otherwise. And therefore, you know, somebody's gay when they tell you they're gay. Therefore, coming out is the defining moment of that queer person's life. Because that's when you know they're not straight. I have a question. Oh no! It's on topic, don't worry. Um, so, would you, if you were watching a show, would you rather them have no queer characters, or would you rather them have queer characters that are brought in and then killed off? Like, would you rather have that bit of representation just for them to die, sort of like within like a season or two, or like if it was like a ten episode thing within a couple of episodes, or would you rather them just not be there at all? I don't like this question because it's a difficult question. I don't know. That would completely depend on the rest of the show. If I was watching the show or it was not a genre that I normally watch and I was drawn to it because of the queer characters or the queer arc in it, I'd probably stop watching. But if it's a show that has a lot of other conventions or things I enjoy in television or or in media, then I'd probably keep watching and just be pissy about it. So you'd rather they weren't in there? Is this a historical show or a show being made now? Either or, just in general. So any show, like from any time period on, like, so going back of one that happens now. Oh, we'll narrow it down. We'll say now. A show that's happening, being made now, would you rather them not include any queer characters or include them just to kill them? No queer characters. I think I would rather... Enjoy the show for being what it is, and I can be annoyed at it. Yeah, but I would. I hate tokenism more than I hate erasure. I know that sounds stupid, but 
I can enjoy a show for what it is. And if it's not got any queer characters, I can sit there going, this is stupid because they'd blatantly be queer characters there, but whatever, and enjoy it rather than be like, oh, look, they gave me somebody. Oh, look, they're dead 30 seconds later. That's tokenism. It annoys me more. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'd probably feel the same. But I still stand by the it depends what other factors the show is about. So if it was like had lots of other representation like disability or non-male or people of colour, um, I'd probably forgive it a lot more. If it had lots of other good elements of representation. Yeah. Randomly like having an old TV show I've watched before on in the background a lot of the time when I'm working because it's just nice having hubbub in the background and I'm currently having once upon a time in the background and I've been enjoying that and it didn't massively bother me that there were no queer characters in it I actually found it more annoying that they weren't particularly like most of the cast was white annoyed me more than the fact that most of the cast was straight um until we got to season five where they like they've been hinting for seasons that Mulan was queer. And actually, that was enough for me. It didn't really bother me. And then I think it was season five or season six. Suddenly, they went, oh, and actually, obviously, Red. Red's queer and fancies Dorothy. And now her and Dorothy are going to go be a thing. And now they've run off into the, the, the world never to see them again. So we had one episode where, right at the end, Red confessed that she had feelings for Dorothy. Her and Dorothy kissed. And then we've not seen either of them again. That annoyed me so much more than... Just not having queer characters in, or just what did having you see kind of season seven. I haven't got that far on my rewatch. Okay, because there is I actual queer characters that are in that, but I think one of them might die. Is that the but... one where it's jumped into the? Future? I mean, hedge your bets; they probably die. Um, yeah, I can't. Oh, they might. Oh no! Like no, it doesn't die. But like they're like um, the their two characters are married, like their wife and wife. So I think that is starting to bring us to a close. Uh, We're closing our crematorium, uh, closing the doors on the cemetery um, and leaving our our dearly departed uh, queers to rest in peace after their terrible treatment. Um, Has anyone got any parting words they want to give? Any last points? I think we've hinted on it throughout, uh, but I think it is worth explicitly stating how much uh, kind of the show's internalised homophobia is also linked in with its erasure of people of colour or uh, sexism. So, you know, when you look at the bury your gaze trope, statistically so many more of the, the queer people that are killed on screen are women. And of the women that are killed, so many more of them are women of colour. So I just think it is worth explicitly calling that out. Like, Yeah, I completely agree. Like, It's like with anything, you can't fix any social issue until you fix systemic racism, because it is at the root of everything. Like, homophobia, misogyny, transphobia, it all comes back to systemic racism until that issue is sort of dealt with you can't deal with the other ones 
So our final point is to end the bury your gaze trope. We need to uh, work at diversifying our content creation away from where it already is. It's not just about uh, having more queer representation. It's having more diversity and representation as a whole. Yes. To achieve uh, better storytelling. Yes. Excellent. Um, that is it for another episode of the Narrative Labyrinth. I'd really like to thank my guests, uh, Zoe and Paige. Uh, do you have anything you'd like to shamelessly plug or any parting words? Uh, so I exist as Bubbly Bees, if you want the non-work me, on uh, Twitter or at Zoe on the go, if you want the slightly more professional, I say with air quotes, me. Uh, and I have uh, a blog of the same name. You can't find me anywhere because despite the rhetoric in society, it's men that be crazy. Are you going to clarify that with they chased you off the internet or are you just leaving it hanging? No, no, no. They know what they did. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Pages of Ghost doesn't exist on the internet and you can find Zoe speaking about work and Eurovision or about other things. Uh, Links in the description below. Um, don't forget to catch the next episode of the Narrative Labyrinth where we'll yet again uh, delve into the depths of narrative on the screen, on the page and in the stories we create and play ourselves you can find the Narrative Labyrinth on Twitter uh, as well as on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Audible and a host of other platforms I can't be bothered to name but are of varying qualities of good and bad thank you very much for listening and we'll catch you soon Bye. bye, bye. Yay, I thank don't know you, why everybody. I was just end call and I was like, this isn't a Zoom page. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a Zoom page. <laughs> you're on mute. You're, you're on mute, Barbara. <laughs>